This week, we're talking about print sales with Ryan Smith, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. This episode is a little bit different because I actually recorded this live and in person with Ryan in the middle of the forest, in the middle of the night, just kind of in the, in the Cascades. And it was really fun because we set up video for this one as well. So if you're interested in watching that video, you can just click the link in the show notes of this episode and that'll take you over to the video if you want to watch it rather than listen to it. Ryan shared a whole bunch of really great information in this episode. Ryan has two main parts of his photography business. One is capturing icons where he's a workshop leader, but the other part is Ryan Smith Fine Art and he sells a whole lot of prints both over the internet and through his booths that he sets up at various festivals and stuff. Ryan was very giving with all of his information and tips in this episode. There's a lot of good information. And he was also quite humble about how well he does. He does quite well for himself selling prints. So there's a lot to learn in this episode. So for that reason, I'm going to shut up now and we can jump over into the episode. Remember, if you want to watch it, you can follow the link in the show notes. So with that, let's jump into the episode that I had with Ryan Smith about selling prints. All right, so I am literally in the middle of the forest and I have with me Mr. Ryan Smith, everybody. Hey guys, hey like guys. who is this guy? <laughs> it's I, I was hanging out with him a lot down in, in the Out of Moab conference and I wanted to have you on the show because when we were kind of talking about like uh, business model, you know, and work stuff, uh, one of the interesting things about you is that not only are you doing workshops and, and like a lot of people that are making a living, but you're also one of the few that is still kind of doing like a art sales circuit where you're out hitting the streets and selling your peddling and stuff. That's, yeah, that's and, right. Dude, that's awesome. And you're actually doing pretty decent at it, right? Some days, you know, my wife would probably say I, I should be doing more, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> cool. no, it, it's gone really well. And, you know, actually way above expectations. Uh, initially my first show, I just kind of threw some, uh, investment money into it. Yeah. And my original goal was far surpassed. And what was kind of funny about it is I didn't want any excuses. I didn't want to leave that show saying, had I had a better booth, had I had better prints, had I had bigger prints, had I had a few frames. So I kind of threw out, uh, threw out, um, you know, a good investment and just went, you know, all out. And that's kind of what I think made the big difference in getting my start for the print sales aspect. That's, that's cool. So a lot of people ask me how I go about selling prints. And the honest answer is that I don't go about it very well <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I print and I, I put stuff up kind of in my local area and like wineries and, you know, mm -hmm. coffee shops. And I think a lot of photographers kind of go that route. 
But what you're doing is you're actually going to like art festivals or right. that kind of thing. And you're, and you're setting up a big booth with a whole bunch of prints, yep. which has to be an investment, right? Well, it's a big investment. Some of the shows that I do home shows, you know, can be three or $4,000 just for the space. Oh, and that's, dude, that's just, just to, just to be able to set up, just to set up that has nothing to do with, you know, my print costs or the booth or anything like that. So it's a heavy investment, but I will say that it's very well worth it. Um, but there's a lot of key things that I've learned over the course of the years that, that, uh, are crucial components of making it, right. uh, making it a success. So you said that like when you first jumped into it, you wanted to go in and not m have any excuses. Yeah. So that initial investment must have been large, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be upfront. It was, you know, 10 to $15,000 worth of, yeah. and, and that's not just for one show, but that was me saying, I'm going to jump in. And if it goes well, I'm going to do it again. So up front, I purchased a, a beautiful booth, Pro Panels. Uh, they're the carpeted walls. I've mm -hmm. seen horror stories of artists who use the grid system, the metal grids, and their artwork falls over. The last thing I wanted to have something happen to my work, and then, you know, it, it's a wasted investment. So I purchased the carpeted walls. I got the trim light and canopy tent, which was another $2,000. Um, the artwork, of course, is expensive. The booth space um you know bin prints there's there's a lot of expenses and little things that you don't think about um you know uh music in the booth lighting in the booth yeah. um things like that carpet in the booth wow yeah that's there's a lot that go how long does that take you to set up something like that so my 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 booth um you know it's about 12 to 13 hours from when I get in the parking lot and I throw, I start throwing up the walls to, okay, I'm show ready. Uh, are you printing your own work? Like what, what kind of stuff are you hanging? Are you hanging like the t traditional, like, you know, matted and framed prints? What are you putting up in your booth and what's selling? So for me, I wanted to uh, appear different than most. There's a lot of matted prints and in, in small things, but uh, I, I've learned to show two or three variety of mediums. And so primarily I'll do metal prints. That's my best seller. Okay. Uh, and then I'll do the acrylic, which is the high end. So some people want the best of the best. And if they have a higher price point for whatever reason, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, but then for the rest of the community who might not be able to afford that price point, uh, I do the high gloss luster aluminum to really... Uh, capture their attention and it looks a lot like acrylic at first glance but it's just much more economical um, i've seen people really struggle these days trying to sell canvas mm -hmm. um, it's it's kind of falling out of style i believe and uh, and then i have bin prints which are kind of if somebody really you know likes my imagery but doesn't want to spend five six seven eight hundred dollars kind of like the bargain bin the bargain bin. There the you bargain go. Bin. <laughs> yeah. If they scoff at the prices, you just be like, yeah, I think, I think you want something out of the bin. <laughs> Grab something. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's cool, man. So I take it you're not printing your own work. No. What, do you have favorite print labs? Yeah. So I have a local guy who prints all of my aluminum, uh, the metal floats uh, in Utah. And then Nevada Art Printers prints my acrylics. And I've, I've used different labs here and there, uh, but I think it's really important to get a consistency and then i was finding that there was uh less expensive alternatives 
But when you sell something at a certain price point and then something doesn't come as, you know, upscale or as nice as the price point you sell, then, you know, your reputation really falls in line. And, and I've, I've learned through a lot of mistakes uh, about who I should print with. So right. that's, that's a crucial part. And I don't print myself. I think that would add a whole other dynamic to, yeah. uh, to the game. <clears throat> so even in these shows where you have like that massive overhead of like the $3,000 to set up a, a booth, <laughs> you're, you're coming out ahead on that. You know, surprisingly, uh, you know, it's funny. I told one of my friends who had done art shows before what my intention was and you know i wanted to do a particular home show and he said oh you'll lose your shorts you know it's three to four thousand to get in and you know that's not really the buying crowd and they're there to buy cabinets and landscaping and so he you know kind of was i i didn't understand really why he was trying that but um i had a certain expectation uh or goal and uh i surpassed it six or seven times at that oh, one wow. show and was very fortunate um okay well yeah <laughs> you're, so you're definitely it was luck you're doing what's called making a killing <laughs> that yeah, sounds like. maybe yeah. not a killing but is doing better than i am that's for sure because you know the, one of the problems that i have when i'm selling at my local area people want to buy local area photos like if you set up in like the palouse region for me all that i can sell is a palouse image i can't sell any of the iceland any of the oregon coast i have this huge portfolio that's based from based in other places right they can't move artwork for so are you trying yeah. to be local in that way like what kind of region are you doing this in and are you selling images that are taken from that region so two points you bring up that local aspect People I've noticed want to purchase something that they've been connected to. Right. Um, you know, in Utah and in the West, I sell a lot of local, but I've also sold a lot of, um, you know, for example, up in Canada, Canadian Rockies, the, the iconic, beautiful view of Moraine, yeah. Moraine Lake. And usually when people purchase that, it's, we went on our honeymoon there. We gotcha. went on vacation there. That's the most beautiful lake I've ever visited. And I learned early on the, the biggest challenge is what to put up because we've got portfolios and Instagram mm -hmm. and websites with, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of images. What do you put? Yeah. And like you say, some artists do really well with their portfolio from, from other places, but unless the local market has been some, you know, has some connection to that particular image, um, it, it doesn't sell as well. Now, the caveat is some people who are looking at photography for purchase, I would say 10 to 20% of the market looks for something unique that they can't get from anybody else. But 80% want the icons. They want yeah. the, it drives me nuts. Oh, that's a great shot. I've never seen a shot like that on this, you know, I'm thinking of, of this, uh, this beautiful trail in Kauai um, that that I, I shot. I believe that's pronounced Kauai. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We had this conversation. I got I got it's raked funny. over the coals for saying Not Kauai. By me. Not by me. It's actually Kauai. Kauai. And I know that, but it just sounds stupid when I say it that way. So I've always just said Kauai because Kauai? Cause I guess I'm an inland inlander. Anyways, I digress. That's Go funny, on. but you know, I it drew this this particular picture, and I could send it to you. 
it's a trail in Kauai that that's got these really uh, funky trees growing different directions yeah. uh, from the Kalalau lookout. And it drew the people in, but they ended up getting Mesa Arch. And, you know, it, it's frustrating because Mesa Arch, everybody has in their portfolio. Yeah. Um, so I've learned a lot of, you have the pieces that will draw people in, but then you have the pieces that are your best yeah. sellers. And that's tough. And that's interesting because that kind of brings us to kind of a previous episode where, you know, when I had Thomas Heaton on the show, we talked a lot about, you know, the, how photographing icons is is great but it's not super fulfilling but there's another aspect of that because if you're selling prints you kind of want to have available what people are looking to buy and it sounds like the icons are what people are buying because they're buying they're buying a memory at that point you know and another thing that's funny is it really comes down to color and you know people have you know their 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 colors of their homes and in you might have. So, do you have to have a Mesa Arch shot of every color of the rainbow? Right. <laughs> Here's my blue Mesa Arch. Here's my well, green Mesa Arch. What I try to do is I try to set up a variety of color in my booth. And I'm not going to put blues next to each other. I might, you know, stagger and do, you know, Mesa Arch next to Moraine Lake to have okay. kind of a contrast. And it's very fascinating if you group images together, um, just like when we edit. You know, there's colors that don't go well together um, and then some that, that complement one another. So when you're setting up your booth, I always tell people your booth is critical. It's even much more important than the quality and caliber of your photography. Wow. And because I've been to shows. Presentation. presentation yeah. It's wild. You know, somebody might walk by a, a, a six foot tall booth with much better photography than mine. But because I have eight and nine foot tall panels with lights and music and, um, you know, I even put essential oils in my booth to kind of like create, uh, you know, create a vibe. Yeah. Create the vibe, bro. It's funny. You know, I, I talk to some artists after these shows and they tell me kind of the figures. Yeah. It amazes me when I look at their work and then on the success that I've had at that particular show. And to see the dynamic difference is, is sometimes it's a lesson learned, uh, on kind of what I'm sharing with you that, that I think that's really what makes it because we all have great images, you know, um, it, I think it really comes down to the booth appearance and the overall presentation and also the selling skills. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really crucial as well. Knowing what is likely to sell. And what's likely not to sell? Does that influence what, how you shoot, or do you still do you do you photograph the icon, and then do you go out and you you photograph something a little bit more artsy and and more original because it's be I mean, do you find one more fulfilling than the other, or do you like to really focus in on what's going to sell? Uh, I focus on what's going to sell, yeah. um, and it's tough. It's a struggle because what's interesting is I also lead workshops. Right. And what I shoot for workshop promotion um, for night skies is not what sells in my booth. And so when I'm out shooting for workshops and, and things like that, it's a totally different approach. And sometimes I'll sell those, those images, but um, I'll give you a good example. I had a friend invite me up to uh, Leavenworth and Leavenworth to, mm-hmm. to someone in Utah is probably not too familiar with it. It's incredible scenery. Uh, but I chose at this trip to go to the, the Japanese gardens to shoot the bonsai trees. 
because I know that that it's more marketable in my demographic for yeah. those types of images than than Leavenworth. And so that's why I made that choice. Now, for me, I would put Leavenworth on on my wall over, you know, some of the Japanese maples. Uh, but that's one example of how I had to, you know, choose towards what's marketable. That's interesting. And so, and the, the marketing stuff that you're using to, to so let's talk a little bit about like the, the way your business and we're diving deep here. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> good. Let's, that's fine. let's talk about how, like what percentage of your business do you feel is workshops and how much of it is, you know, kind of prints. Well, and it's, it's changing all the time because full-time I've got a full-time job, you know, oh, and so this you, do, is, uh, you do this on top of this a full-time is job. on the side. Yeah. So you, you have a day job, you lead workshops <laughs> and you sell prints. That's right. That's amazing. Well, That's and photography is kind of like my outlet and how this all started was in Jackson hole. I was actually working, uh, for my full-time job. I'm in medical, uh, in medical industry and I went out and learned how to photograph in the Tetons and I was contacted by a gallery and they brought me in and then, you know, things led to another and, and I started selling prints, um, out of the gallery. And then people would ask, Hey, does this individual do workshops? So they would call me and give me information of people who wanted to take workshops. So that's how it evolved into, you know, what it is now, but I'm doing more workshops than I have been doing just because I'm kind of creatively using my weekends and my, my mm -hmm. awesome supportive wife allows me to do that. Yeah, probably the most supportive. Oh <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> she'll like you, you. You can't be home much. <laughs> no, I, as much as you do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a, a, a sacrifice, you know, definitely for her and, and for mm -hmm. us. Um, but it's, it's just this, you know how it is. You just, this passion that can't be satisfied that, yeah. You just have to do it. But as far as percentages, um, because I've done more, I, I definitely would make more in a weekend at an art show than I would for a full week with a full workshop wow. as far as profit. However, they're brutal. An yeah. art show is brutal. You've got one day of setup that's, you know, 10 to 12 hours. And then, you know, then you have your art shows, uh, you know, schedules on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's 12 hours a day. And then you tear down. Um, so you're on your feet all day in the heat or mm -hmm. inside. Um, and I have a couple of gals who really help me. That's kind of the secret sauce of the whole dynamic as well from the selling skills and, you know, kind of the whole, uh, the whole package. But um, definitely for me personally, it's a lot more profitable to art shows. Wow. That, that's surprising to me. That's encouraging because that's one of the things that I kind of get bummed out about a lot is the fact that I have all of these images. Now, what do I do with them? Like, you know, <laughs> here I am. I'm the, you know, Mr. Professional, you post them. You Mr. Professional post them. Pants. Yeah. And I post <laughs> to Instagram all the time. It's great. And it feels a little bit anticlimactic to do the amount of traveling and the amount of effort that I put into a photo and then to have it just end up in some tiny little, you know, display on someone's phone i want to get into printing and selling more i don't know that i have the drive to do what you do though <laughs> man because that sounds like a whole lot of work because you know not only are you going and you're setting up your booth and that massive investment at the beginning but also you have to you have to turn into a literal salesman oh yeah and that's that's not something that all landscape photographers have because you know, a lot of landscape photographers are landscape photographers because they don't really 
like people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> otherwise I'd be a portrait photographer. Right. Um, so that's just something that you're comfortable with. I take it. Yeah. You know, I've always been in marketing and business, um, you know, background, but I'll tell you, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see other photographers do is, you know, sit in the corner and think that their imagery sells itself. It does not. Yeah. People buy from Nick because of Nick, not, you know, the imagery obviously speaks for itself and it's amazing, but the people who buy from me, it's not just about the imagery. It's the relationship that you build at these shows or, or the galleries and the story behind it too. People really want to know the story yeah. of why you shot it, what happened, why were you there? Well, you know, what does it mean? And they love the stories. And now I'm not saying they love the three or four paragraph stories that we, you know, sometimes see people post on Instagram, but you know, simple stories, but uh, you know, that's one of the biggest mistakes is people will walk into a booth and the photographer just sits there and doesn't engage and people walk right out if, yep. if you're like that. So. And I imagine just like every other part of photography, it's, it's getting more and more competitive, I would think. So you know, one of the things that you can do to set yourself apart from the guy in the booth next to you is be more personable yeah. and uh, to have that story to go along with it and uh, actually be likable. You right. know, you don't want to be the, the snobby, you know, <laughs> photographer that's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm a pretty big deal. And you just sit in the corner and <laughs> expect photos to move. It helps to be personable. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And there, there's a specific tactic, you know, lots of tactics, uh, I, I shouldn't say tactics, but, you know, um, you know, selling skills, uh, you have to ask for the business. Sales 101 is asking people for the business, not just, you know, oh, yeah, you like Moraine Lake. That's, you know, well, hey, how would how would that look on your wall? Oh, do you have a place for something mm -hmm. or you know, which image do you like the most? Um, you know, and you don't have to be cheesy, like what's it going to take to, you know, take this home? Yeah. No, it's just have a conversation. Sales is not a dimension that you go into when you're trying to market something. Sales is just asking people, oh, you like this. When people, the biggest difference too, between a coffee shop or, you know, how you were telling that you display images, people are going there for food or for something there. It's not on their mind that something, even though it has a price tag is available for sale, you know, but when somebody goes to an art show, they know everybody is selling work. And so I think, you know, choosing a venue that you know, insinuates that, Hey, my work's for sale. Nobody's ever come by. Oh, these are for sale. You <laughs> right. Know? You like, don't have to start from square one. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. So that's another difference. So have you found that there's kind of like a, a sweet spot for print size? Like, is there a certain size that you end up selling more of than others or? So big sales, I found out that quickly, you know, at first I wanted to show a variety of sizes mm -hmm. So I had 16 by 24 metals, 20 by 30, a couple of 24 by 36s and some 40 by 60s. And I found that I sold in, in a small space of 10 feet. People think that that's big, but the, the feedback was when they get at home. It's much smaller up on the wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I kind of changed the dynamic. I said, less variety. I'll have my computer up with my website so they, they could look and scroll through additional options, but show fewer, but show bigger. So then I started doing pano sizes. People love the one to three ratio. 
Um, so I've done, done a lot of panos, uh, 96 inches. Um, so a lot of 40 by 60s, I would say 32 by 48 is probably the most common size that I sell. Uh, and nationally, if you look up artwork and you start learning kind of the most common print sizes of any artwork, 24 by 36 is the most common, uh, artwork that people sell. That's interesting. And that's, that's also another big difference between, you know, people that shoot for social media and people that shoot for prints is, you know, panos, panos sell yeah, because they print great and they f look really great above a couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Well, you know, I think that's kind of it. Thanks so much for yeah. coming on. It's Thank you. Good to hang out with you out here in the, kind of out spooky. here in the bush. Yeah. For those of you that haven't caught on already, we are, we're out here and it's, it's not too cold, but it's definitely fall. And uh, what a cool backdrop to have this conversation with. Yeah, so, thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Where can, where can people find your work and uh, where can people find out more about your uh, workshop business as well? Yeah. So Ryan Smith Fine Art Photo is my photography. That's where people go and look at you know my images. But for workshops, I have it separate. Uh, I don't know if I should do that. But Ryan Smith's such a generic name that <laughs> Ryan uh, Smith. it's like Jane Doe, John, <laughs> yeah. you know, Bob Jones. <laughs> so captureicons.com is my workshop website as well as my workshop Instagram. So Ryan Smith Fine Art Photo or captureicons.com for awesome. workshops. Very cool. Well, make sure you go check him out. Awesome photographer and great to talk to you. Dude. Thanks for having me. All right. Take it easy, everybody, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Where are the cameras? I can't see them. It's too dark. <laughs>